The subject I've been given, uh, which is I'm really happy about, just to say, the gospel is true and effective. And I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 11, 2 to 6. Now, when John, that's John the Baptist, heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, that's the Messiah, Jesus, he sent word by his disciples and said to Jesus, this is said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have heard good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Now John the Baptist is the one that baptised Jesus. John the Baptist came preaching, repent, for the kingdom of God is near, or nigh, whichever version you read. And Jesus turns up and he says, I, you should be baptising me. And no, Jesus said, no, for righteousness sake, you baptise me. The heavens opened, the Holy Spirit came down as a dove and spoke. This is my son, who I'm well pleased. So John hears all that, but he's been stuck in prison and has visitors only, and he's lucky to get those in those times. And so he's worried, because what they were expecting of their Messiah, their Christ, their, was a, a warrior who would come and kick the Romans out, and that their kingdom would grow and grow from that. That was their perception, also their need, because they were oppressed by a Roman civilization that was ruthless and nothing like any of our civilizations in the West today. They thought compassion was a weakness. If a slave killed a free man, a Roman citizen, all the slaves would be crucified. And on one famous occasion, 400 men, women and children were crucified because of that. That was their law. That was normal for them. What was also normal was the weak enslaved, no, the strong enslaved the weak. It was not a nice civilization to live under. They really didn't like it and didn't want it. So that was why John was sort of doubting. You also have the Pharisees, Sadducees, who were seeing miracles but they weren't seeing what they wanted to see. They also spiritually blind, and Jesus was doing things that really got up their nose. His disciples eating on the Sabbath out of a field of grain, of going to the house of sinners who didn't keep the Jew Jewish faith very well, and were sinners and despised and looked down on. This verse 5, which is what, one of the things I'm going to major on, the blind receive their sight. Well, actually, this was prophesied about 600 years before. Isaiah prophesied all these things. In Isaiah 29, the deaf hear. Isaiah 26, the dead are raised up. Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has appointed me to bring good news to the poor. There's more and more of this. As you look in Daniel, you look in Nehemiah. One of the things that Jesus did was when a leper came to him and said, if you want to, you can heal me. And Jesus said, I want to. And he touched him. 
Touching a leper made you unclean. Jesus didn't care. I was on a train, one of my most shameful moments. I was on a train in India with a whole bunch of people. It was crowded. And a guy with leprosy, I didn't quite know at the time, until he leaned over and someone said, oh, this guy's a leper. His hand was reaching there and I went, like that. I remember that as something shameful. He was begging because he had no support in India. You don't have a lot of support if you don't have a family. And if you're a leper, you're an outcast. Like in Jesus' time. And Jesus touched the leper and healed him. This kingdom is near and is touching people. Isaiah 61, I should read it again. Because it's really important. It shows the whole life of Jesus 600 years before. I'll try and be quick about it, but it is a long piece. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has appointed me, anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. To grant to those who mourn in Zion. To give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes. The oil of gladness instead of mourning. The garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. That may be called oaks of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. That he may be glorified. Isaiah 53. It's a common piece of scripture. That also shows what Jesus is about. Who has believed? Who has heard from us? And whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at. Jesus wasn't charismatic to look at. He wasn't handsome. But there was something about him. There was no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows acquainted with grief, like we are. And one of whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him and stricken. Smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb led to the slaughter. Sacrificial system, before its shearers is silent. He opened not his mouth, but by oppression and judgment he was taken away, and as for his generation, who's considered he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken by the transgressions of the people, and they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death. Who could foretell that? And though he had done no violence, there was no dissent in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him and put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring, that's us. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul he will see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. He came to make us right with God. 
to take our sins upon himself. This is written 600 years before. There are older passages, similar thing. And he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. That's us. It's amazing. amazing. This is the gospel. This is the gospel. He yet he bore the sins of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Us. What an amazing, amazing person. Amazing God. The more I read this, <coughs> the more I think, shall I shorten these scriptures? <laughs> I just couldn't. The gospel is true. It's been written about before Jesus came. John the Baptist said, the kingdom of God is near. And then Jesus started demonstrating it. There were all pictures of every sort through the stories in the Old Testament to show or to picture the coming of Jesus and what he would do, like David and Goliath. I thought I heard everything about David and Goliath until Terry Virgo, some of you may have heard of, preached on it. And he said, David defeated this big giant who looked immense, and he was immense, and he was very strong. And David, who had been prepared for this, as a young shepherd boy, he dealt with a lion, he dealt with a bear, he had protected his sheep, and they followed him. Because that's what they did in those days. They didn't have dogs to run them around. So he comes up and he sees the whole Israel army standing back, afraid of this geezer, who is saying, you know, one to one, whoever wins, wins. And David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And he goes up to him, shortened story, with a piece of stone. And he goes, smacks him on the head, goes over, cuts his head off with his own. Then the Israeli army go in and take the fleeing Philistines. This is a picture of Satan's defeat and Israel's victory. And there's the one who saved them. Full of faith, full of God's spirit, worshipped God, wrote songs and psalms, and followed God. It's a picture of Jesus, what he did at that cross for us. It's amazing. It's amazing. Here we have, through Matthew, Jesus going from town to town, preaching the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? It's God's rule and reign. How is that brought through you and me? Alright? Because Jesus made it possible. He came and healed everyone that was brought to him. He didn't turn anyone away. You imagine, he turns up, they see a miracle, they've heard about him. Every sick person in that region would have been carried, carted, moved, run to him. He healed a deaf and blind man. Mute. He touched a leper. He did all sorts of things that the Pharisees and the Sadducees thought he shouldn't. He broke lots of rules. He said the Sabbath's made for men, not the Sabbath the other way around. We're going to go to this great commission. I'll bounce back a couple of things from that. Now, the 11 disciples went to Galilee because this Jesus has risen uh, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. I can't get my head around that. You see a guy dead, you see him alive, horribly mutilated, killed, speared, holes in hands, please, and he's walking and talking to you, and you doubt. I just can't get my head around that. 
And then Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Then he's shot off to heaven. All right. Acts 1, the promise of the Holy Spirit to equip, guide, and plus gifts, gifts of men, gifts of, of, of uh, all sorts of things like tongues, prophecy, words of knowledge. Apart from tongues, Jesus used them all. Okay. In the first book, both the office, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up. After he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles to whom he had chosen, he presented himself alive to them after suffering many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. When he ascended, he walked through a wall into the room with a whole bunch of people there. That's pretty scary, actually. Think about it. Some guy walks through the... <laughs> doesn't use the door. <laughs> and he looks like Jesus and he had to say, do not be afraid. God is continually saying to us, do not be afraid. If you read the news a lot, you can be worried about World War Three. you can be worried about Russia, you can be worried about the decline of, um, of America, you can be worried about what's happening in the Middle East and shipping and all sorts of things. And and God says, do not be afraid. All right? These things happen. Empires rise and fall. Right. And whilst he staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. John baptised with water, but you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Then he went. So, Book of Acts, it tells you they're all in this room, about 120 of them, and the Holy Spirit pops on them, floods on them, fire everywhere, as in looking like flames of tongues, touching each and every one, equipping them for the works of service. Okay? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And then he went. What happened after that? What happened after that? They were persecuted, they spread out to Antioch, many other places. And the kingdom of God went to Africa, Asia. Do you know, when the Europeans turned up in India, they found Christian churches there, way before white men turned up and started trading and other things. And in, and in Africa also, and in Europe. Went through to America, South America, China. Five million Christians in Iran. Still growing. You think, horrible thing happened to them 40 years ago. Islamic State, which is actually particularly cruel to people. Turned people off Islam. Big time. Really cruel. Some of the stories are just horrific. But five million people have turned to Jesus. God worked it for good. God worked it for good. Huge amount of Christians in China, they reckon between 5 and 10% growth a year. I'm waiting to see when they start pouring out of China what it's going to look like. I think it's going to be amazing, quite frankly. 
same for the Iranians. People who have been persecuted, have lived through it, won through it, told people about Jesus. God is on the move. The kingdom of God is like a loaf of bread with yeast in it. If you know anything about that, you mix it up, you leave it, and it permeates through the whole loaf and makes it rise, ready for baking. And you're going to get the good and the bad. Jesus said when he comes, there's going to be the separate the wheat from the chaff. And sometimes we don't know who that is. Sometimes it's obvious, sometimes it isn't. We're going to get some surprises, but he's going to do that. So we're going to grow up in this world. Jesus said, you are going to get troubles in this world. Just to let you know, in the next you're not. Okay? But in this world, as you all know, you get troubles. But do not fear, I am with you. We are not alone. There's a, a lady called Tariq Tenboom lived through concentration camp, Second World War. Sister died there. Right. She said, through the horriblest, most worst hell that men could devise, Jesus was with me. I knew his presence in that horrible place. Right. We can be sure that he will be with us. If you look at a book called The Book of Martyrs by a guy called Fox, Fox's Book of Martyrs, it will show you that God's grace is sufficient for those who are being martyred. That's what that book's about. Very old, sometimes a bit hard to read in places, but I would recommend it. I don't think it's still being published, but it tells you and shows you that God's grace is a wonderful thing guy being burnt at the stake more like cooked and people are yelling at him is God's grace enough <laughs> to him reply yes I've, I've used that story again because I find it amazing I find it amazing God's compassion moves him and that leper came to Jesus he said if you want to if you want to you can heal me and he touched him and healed him in one go God saw our world cut off from him. But he had a plan to come and save us. That cost him dearly. Cost him his only son. Imagine it. You have one son. Off you go. Die. But he did that. Jesus came willingly. He emptied himself. Came as a man. Knowing his mission was to die for the many. And to bring God's kingdom. And he taught about the kingdom. He demonstrated it. He demonstrated God's love. God didn't just say, I love you. He demonstrated it by coming himself, dying on the cross, taking all our sins. And it says in John 3, 16 and 17, God so loved the world. He gave his only son. That whoever believed in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Anyone of any, of any race, of any sex, of any other ways, comes to Jesus, he's not going to turn you away. Ever. If you come to him, he's not turning you away. Turn you away. He's not saying you're not good enough. He's not saying, yeah, I don't like what you do. He's saying, anyone who comes to me, Anyone who comes to me can be forgiven and be with me and have eternal life with me. I found it amazing when I was 25 
and having come back to God and then suddenly finding that I was getting really torn up about sinning the unforgivable sin which is uh, blaspheming the Holy Spirit and if you've done it you wouldn't be bothered about anything actually you wouldn't really know it talk to me about it later if you want I was tormented by that and uh, I told God I was on my knees and said if I've done it kill me now if not take this off me and he took it off me and I heard this voice you are mine you're going to be with me forever same for you I'm not special he did that because I was suicidal actually that's what I was I was suicidal because I didn't want to carry on the way that was and God Jesus delivered me and he can deliver you from fear anguish suicide he can deliver you from anything if you come to him you come to him, you can do it. So one of the things that I've talked about a bit of church history and how the gospel has gone out everywhere. Jesus told us in Matthew 28 to go and do what he did. Heal the sick, cast out demons, preach and teach about the kingdom of God and do that. Why don't we do it? Fear. And he said, you find in the Bible, all through the Bible, do not fear, I am with you. From the Old Testament guys, Joshua, do not fear, I am with you. Moses, I need someone else to talk for me. Do not fear, I am with you. And then he sent his brother to help him. Okay? All through the Bible there's that, I am with you. Do not fear. Do not fear death, because he is with you. When the time comes... You will have grace and peace to go. Especially if you know it's coming. Sometimes we don't get that warning. Sometimes we do. But do not fear it. You die, you're in God's presence. That's what a child happens. A child of God happens. You die, you're in his presence. His compassion is that we would follow him and pray for the sick. Cast out demons. Tell people how to get to, to God. How to have a relationship with him how to fellowship with him, and how do we have faith for doing those things? Well, I've got a few pointers. Read the scriptures, not the news so much. You need to know what's going on, but the scriptures are more important because they give you a mindset, they build faith. Some of the healings I've been witnessed have been a surprise to me, even if I prayed for them. Uh, I've told this before a guy comes up and says I've got diabetes will you pray for me in the middle of end of a meeting in India and I'm thinking that's impossible but nothing's impossible for Jesus because he's with you he is with you so if I'm full of faith I grab a load of guys okay because I'm not and we pray this man must have been full of faith or something he says, thank you, with a straight face, walks off. Then he goes, I don't know this, he goes to the doctor. He said, do some tests, God's healed me. And he was healed, completely healed. And guess what? I got invited to dinner. It wasn't me that healed him. I got invited to dinner, really nice food, just to say. And his, his wife and his son were really happy. Because in India, you haven't got a social security system to look after you. 
you run out of money for the stuff for diabetes, you die. Some, some people have got no choices, like with cancer, terminal stuff. You know? Doctors say, that's the end of it. What hope do you have? One, if you're a believer, you know where you're going. Two, is God finished with you? He will heal you. We are carrying the Holy Spirit with us to do the kingdom of God. Right? Like me, going to a, a library, and I talked about this about three or four weeks ago, because I wanted to get a bus pass because I'm old enough. And um, so I uh, went there, sat down. I just wanted to be by myself. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I sat at a table by myself. There's a little table there, a little table there. And I'm looking at Paul's journeys because I find them confusing. Tell the truth. That's three. And which one is which? And you look at all these little arrows on a map and you think, okay, let's start reading it. And Guy Williams says, "What what are you reading? What is it about? Hour and a half of gospel. That's what we do. Looking back on it, I wanted to, I should have prayed for his gammy leg. I, I tried to contact him and I will try it again fairly soon. And I'll let you know how it goes. But we carry the gospel with us. We're supposed to pray for the sick and heal them. So faith is built by hearing the word of God and being bold because he is with us. And as we go forward together, as a church family, we will pray for the sick. We will cast out demons. We will teach people how to walk with God closely. Jesus said, I'm with you always. So I'm going to pray for us that we would do his stuff. There's a guy called John Wimber said when he came to a church, he said, when do we get to do the stuff? And they said, what are you talking about? He said, healing the sick, casting out demons, and preaching the gospel. And they said, we only do the third. And he was dissatisfied with that. And he went all around the world preaching and teaching how to do that. Great legacy, all I would say. So let's, if you want to stand, I'm going to pray for you, and pray for myself, as we go out with this kingdom of God, and do the stuff. It doesn't, you don't have to qualify for it. You don't have to be a great Christian because the disciples weren't when they were first sent out. The twelve were rough and ready, tempestuous, argumentative, doubting, aggressive and angry and God's Jesus sent them out and they came back amazed. All right? And he said 72, similar people. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be good, actually. You just need to love Jesus and do what he asks and be full of the Spirit. Father God, I just pray for my friends here, for our church family, that we would do the stuff, that you'd empower us, that you'd remind us, that you'd give us occasions to pray for people, talk to people. Lord, if you direct us, go and knock on shop doors and talk to the managers and walk and talk to people at bus stops. Father, I pray, give us opportunities to love you and love your people and to go out with your compassion and pray for people and deliver them from evil and tell them how to get to know Jesus and how to get to know you, the only true God who loves us with a passion. Amen.